God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have part two of our wonderful experience and podcast with Dr. Bruce Allen talking about translation by faith. This is the day and the hour in which we need to be prepared to walk in the supernatural. We're so glad you're with us today on this podcast. We want to invite you to go to our website and look around at all the wonderful things that we have for you there, and especially look at the events button and see what we have out there about this school that we have coming up, the School of the Supernatural Translation by Faith, March 20th through 25th, 2022. It's going to be right here at our headquarters, and we're going to be talking about many, many wonderful supernatural things. In particular, we're talking about translation by faith and ministering with angels, walking in the glory, the sanctified imagination, seeing the unseen, and much more. And the cost of this for tuition, room, and board is just $450. We want to invite you to come and be with us. We have a dormitory set up for the ladies and uh, sort of a dormitory set up for the guys. And we have a few rooms for couples. So register soon so that we Mm -hmm. can get you into the place where you fit. And we uh, are excited to have with us today Dr. Bruce Allen, who is the lead teacher in that School of the Supernatural. He's been teaching this for a number of years now. In our last podcast, I hope, you've, I hope you heard it. If you haven't, go back and listen to it, because uh, Dr. Allen has poured out a lot of scripture, scriptural basis, scriptural understanding. It's all about, it's got to line up with the scripture in order for us to be doing it. It's got to line up with the scripture and it's got to line up with the Holy Spirit. And he has been studying this diligently according to the word of the Lord to him, that he has a mandate to teach this, to teach translation by faith for end times ministry. And uh, he's, he's written a number of books, Translation by Faith being one of them, and Biblical Secrets of a Supernatural Life. I'm reading that one right now, and it's powerful. Foundations of Glory, I've already read that one, and it's <laughs> also awesome. Gazing into Glory, and then there's a Gazing into Glory study guide, The Prophetic Promise of the Seventh Day, Promise of the Third Day. All of these are available on Dr. Allen's website, stillwatersinternationalmissions.com. That's stillwatersinternationalmissions.com. I will put a link to it in the show notes on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you're listening to us on another platform, you can just go over to cpnshows.com and find Global Outpouring and find this episode with Dr. Bruce Allen. And uh, you can find our show notes there and we'll have that We'll have that link there for you. So, Dr. Allen, we are so delighted to have you with us again. We so enjoyed our conversation last time and all of the wonderful things that you taught us about preparing the way of the Lord and um, training and equipping 
this is this is our heart too. We, as you as you heard in our introduction, uh, our heart is to contend for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and to equip for it and to engage in it. And translation by faith is absolutely one of the things we need to equip in this whole walk of the supernatural, the the maturing of the sons and daughters of God, like yeah. Romans eight uh, fourteen talks about them them that are they that are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons Sounds of like God. That, that yeah. word meaning mature. That word meaning uh, ready with with relationship with the Father and having been trained by the Father to do what the Father wants done in the family business. So welcome to the podcast again today. We're so glad you're with us. It's great to be with you again. I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm excited. <laughs> and we're so excited to have you come here. And uh, Reshma, your wife, and Michael Van Vlyman and his wife, Cortana, we're just delighted that uh, you all are going to be with us. So we've, we've had uh, Michael Van Vlyman with us on one of our mm-hmm earlier podcasts and we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well yeah it's good can you just quickly recap for us in case there's some that that are listening that that haven't gotten it about what is translation what is translation by faith translation is where the lord sovereignly and supernaturally takes you from one geographic location to another for kingdom business it can be spiritual or it can be physical but the end result is the advancement of the kingdom yes Mm. and and you explained to us from the scriptures on our last podcast about how this is how uh philip was translated not not the one sitting across the table from me but not not yet (laughs) anyway anyway. (laughs) (laughs) how um how philip the evangelist in the book of acts was translated and uh, elijah and enoch yeah Yeah, elijah was it was ezekiel was was taken up by a lock of his hair yeah yeah and so we we know that it's scriptural um, there are there are lots of stories that we've been hearing. I've been hearing many for years of of how God has been using people to uh, to do this kind of kingdom work, and and I feel like um, we are on the verge of seeing this being really being the norm. Wouldn't you say? It will be the norm for the remnant. You see, there's got to be a measure of passion. Yes, you're you're not going to be a people that just dabbled to have fun and to you know to experience. That's that's not what this is about. Right. So the the Lord is raising up a people of great passion for Him. Mm-hmm. That's the key. It's for Him, not for what He can release to you. Yes. And it's relationship that releases the the actually the things of the kingdom that come through intimacy. Yes. And, you know we can we can speak on that for for days, but I mean. You don't trust somebody you don't know. Right. And so you would think God knows all about us. He does. But until you've developed relationship where there's a mutual respect and trust in one regard, where you have that level of interest, uh, intimacy where he can say, now I trust you with this. Because he knows at that point in your walk of maturity, you're not going to take what he's given you and uh, you know, use it on your own lusts or wild living or all those crazy things. So it's all about intimacy. Yes. It's got to be. Yes. I, I remember when the Lord was speaking to us right about this time, the, um, about two years ago, the Lord spoke to us about changing the name of the ministry. And I won't go into the story of it, but 
uh, he he led us to to change the name of the ministry to Global Outpouring because of the the promise in Joel two twenty eight to pour out he would pour out his spirit on all, all flesh. flesh. Yeah. But then he spoke to me about don't seek me for the outpouring because contending for the outpouring, you would think, okay, we're going to really pray. Oh God, give us the outpouring, give us the outpouring. But he said, don't pray for the outpouring. He said, ask me for my heart for the outpouring. Well, that's intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. Spending time in his presence. Lord, I want to know your heart. I want Mm. to know your heart. And, he lives in us and we're in him. So there's no reason for us not to be able to connect it. You know, sometimes we think that we have to, uh, we have to see heaven and, and that I'm all for that. I want to see heaven. I want to, I want to be at the throne, but I think um, some of this uh, sanctified imagination also plays into this as well. But, but just spending time in his presence and, and just loving him and letting him love us is a huge part of getting into that place where we're growing into that place of maturity. You know, the Lord, well, how many years ago, 30 years ago, really put it on my heart to begin to develop a relationship to the point that Jesus became my best friend. Mm-hmm. Now, here's here's a key most people don't understand. We read the scripture that says the Lord will give you the desires of your heart and it's misconstrued like, Oh goody, what do I want today? Jesus is my genie in a bottle. That's not what it means. Right. God births within your heart a desire. Yes. yes. And it's that desire of destiny. He's pulling you into because faithful who is he who called, who will also do it. Yes. So the fact you have a desire for intimacy, you ought to rejoice because God gave you that. Mm-hmm. So we're pulling into that. So I began to develop a mindset of, He's my best friend. So I would wake up in the morning, and when I was a bachelor, I would have breakfast, and I'd set out a cup for him, and we'd have coffee together. And I just began to do this, and it became so transformative. My eyes began to open. I would see him, and I would begin to talk with him. I remember one time when I was living in Mojave, uh, sitting there, and again, the same practices going on, and I, I think it was a – Saturday afternoon, I say, hey, Lord, do you want to go to a movie tonight? Because I'd invite him into anything I do. And he said, well, what did you have in mind? And I looked through the listing. I said, well, that looks interesting. He said, no, I think I'll wait here. You go ahead. And I went, no, I really didn't want to go to that one either. (laughs) It became so tangibly real, this friendship. What person in the natural realm has developed a a relationship with somebody that becomes their best best friend that most of the time they want to do everything together? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jesus wants to do everything together with you just as much as you want to do everything together with him. Mm-hmm. That's intimacy and relationship. That will never be broken. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. One day after I was married, Reshma was ministering in Alaska with another lady. I'm driving from Spokane to Seattle, and you know, that's about five and a half, six hours. I said, hey, Lord, you want to go on a road trip? He said, yeah, man, let's go. So we're in the car. I can see him sitting next to me. We're just talking. So I'm just chit-chatting. And now here's the thing about talking with the Lord. I'll ask a question and I'll be quiet. Most people think, well, I went and prayed, boom, and left. And how come he never answers? 
And I, I've, I've moved away from politeness and say, well, shut up and listen. <laughs> You're always blabbing and then he, he never gets a chance. So so that's what I did. I, I, I just wait. And we finally got to Redmond, Bellevue, where, you know, Microsoft, Amazon, a lot of wealth in that area. And you start seeing all these fancy cars going by, even Rolls Royces. I said, you know, well, what kind of car do you like? You know, it's guy talk. And I waited a minute. I looked over and I saw this little grin on his side of his face and this twinkle in his eye. He said, BMW. I said, really? BMW? Why? And he laughed and said, be my witness. Oh, that's oh. good. And I, I started laughing. I, I never would have thought of that. But I mean, see, relationship with the Lord is, ministry is my calling. Relationship is my life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow, I, that's good. You can have the rest of it I, as long as I can be with Jesus. But, I, you know, because he is my life, I'll do what he tells me to do. But that's why this is so important right now. And there is a separation taking place in the church. You can see it just in response to this recent, you know, pandemic. Great fear, rebellion, faith. I mean, the, the, it runs the gamut, but... But the problem, the whole thing is unmasking or unveiling the level of relationship or revelation each individual has with God. Yes. Yeah. It really is. It, it, the Lord told me two years ago, I saw Jesus standing there and he had a group of angels on his right side and a group on his left, more than I can number. I said, Lord, what are these? I pointed on his left side or his right side, my left. He said, these are the angels I'm releasing on the earth to separate the wheat from the chaff. Oh, wow. And he said that, and then he turned and said, now go. And instantly they vanished and went all over the earth. I said, who are these other angels? He said, these are the angels that are going to help bring in the final great harvest, the great awakening. And he never released them until a year later, doing something on my own, I mean, minding my own business. All of a sudden I had a flashback and Jesus turned and said, now go. Wow. Hmm. And they came to the earth. So I'm not surprised to see a separation taking place. And it's going to increase to the point of Cain killing Abel again. Uh, And we could go on and on because God declares the end from the beginning. You just follow that. So uh, the great awakening, God's solution to darkness covering the face was light be. At the end of the age, God's people who are light are going to begin to manifest that light and that glory. And we can go on and on. But I mean, this is, this is where I, I know we are. We have got to be a people of the word and a people totally enamored of Jesus. Mm, yes. Yes. Mm. You know, uh, before we started the recording, you were telling us about uh, your experience working at TBN uh, years and years ago and and how they would have people on that were giving the um, pre-trib and mid-trib and post-trib positions. Tell us Tell us about your experience with that. Well, yeah, you know, I, I was 20 years old, just a young guy going through Bible college at the time. And Paul and Jan loved the eschatology. And, you know, they believed in the pre-trib. And, but they, they made room for other views, even if they didn't fully agree with it. But, you know, just being new to this stuff, one night you'd have somebody like Hal Lindsey or Doug Clark. Some of these guys are pre-trib. Oh, yeah, it was so convincing and compelling. Like, yes, the next night it would be mid. And you're going... Wait a minute. Yeah, this is it because they're so compelling, so convincing. And then, you know, post. And I, I was so confused after a while. I just gave up. I said, God, I, I don't even know who to believe. What's going on here? He said, Do you really want to know when I'm coming back? I said, Yes, sir. He said, 
I'm coming back today. Today's all you got. At first, I thought he meant I'm going to die. <laughs> you know, I, today's the only day you got. I'm coming back today. But then he said, if you live every day as if I'm coming back today, you'll be fine. So what you focus on, you connect with. How do you become sensitive to the times and the seasons? You live as if each day, this is the day he's coming. Mm. Yeah. Amen. 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 That, well, that, that can be transformative to your lifestyle. It should be transformative to your lifestyle. Absolutely. Like what, what, what were you thinking when he said that? Well, I, actually, you know, when I finally understood what he was communicating, I, I felt relieved. I thought, thank God, I don't have to study eschatology and be confused for you. I'm just going to live each day like this is the day. You know, I remember uh, Dr. David Lewis calling down here to, to, uh, to talk to our founder, Gwen Shaw, and and, uh, you know, he was just chatting on the phone. He knew who I was, and he had been a speaker at our convention. He says, you know, you ought to come up here to Springfield to, uh, to attend our prophecy club sometime. I said, oh, Dr. Lewis, I don't think you want me. I, I, I have, I have a, a way of looking at, at prophecy. I said, Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you these things so that when they come to pass, you might believe. I don't have time to figure out what what these prophecies mean before they come to pass. <laughs> oh, so that's that's, that's still my stand. <laughs> I like it. But I I like I like what the Lord showed you. Live like he's coming today. Yeah. I mean the truth is we never know how many days are numbered in our book. You you better live every day like this is it. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. 100% for him. Yeah, then there's no regrets. That's yes. true. Wow. That's true. I remember seeing a uh, a movie recently of what the Galilean wedding is like, and there's something very special about the Galilean wedding, and and the the bride and the groom meet together with their parents, and, and you know everybody's watching from the town, and and they they have this agreement that they're going to marry. And that's the betrothal. And and that's probably where Mary and Joseph were in their relationship at that point. And the, the husband-to-be goes out to his father's house and he makes a place for the bride. And the bride goes home and she she buys the materials for her trousseau and, and, and for her wedding dress. And, and they, they know that it's going to be in about a year. They know kind of the season, but they don't know the day and they don't know the hour. And the only person who knows the day and the hour is the father of the groom. Yeah. And it could be any time within that little while. And the bride begins to wear her wedding dress and she sleeps in it and she's she's awake in it. And she's always, always dressed for the wedding because she doesn't know when the hour is going to be. Pretty interesting. Yeah, but that's that's where we are right now. I mean, whether you whether you have a pre or mid or post or whatever, it's coming. It's coming. Jesus. You never is, know when Jesus is going to show up, even even in a meeting you're in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell tell about that story of of what happened in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Yeah, that story. That's a good story. It's a um, tremendous story. I was invited to a minister at a particular church, and, and the churches in Kuala Lumpur, you can't have a standalone church building. They don't allow it in a Muslim nation, but they do allow churches to rent out commercial properties and then do that. 
so this particular church was in an industrial area. So there was a street was about a mile, mile and a half long straight, no other streets connecting with it, gated compounds in each uh, warehouse factory area. Well, the building they were in was the third floor of a four-story building. There were other offices and small businesses down below. And the top floor was empty, and they had rented that out for this conference. So it would seat about 980 people. Well, that day at 3 o'clock, I'm in my hotel room just praying a little bit, and all of a sudden this storm comes over. When the storm comes over, you know, a lot of lightning and, and rain and Malaysia, Singapore, Mm -hmm. but it stopped over top the hotel. And for three hours, that lightning was striking at the hotel. Wow. I had never seen anything like that. So I pulled up a chair next to the window and just sat down and watched. And I'm saying, Father, what are you saying? This is really bizarre. About that six o'clock, I had to get ready. And uh, one of the elders of the church, who was a, a medical doctor, scientist, pulled in and picked me up and he said, man, this is unusual. I've never seen anything like this. I said, no, it's crazy. That storm now from the window of my hotel, about a mile away, I could see the building where the church was housed. We drove and that storm followed us over to the building. Wow. Pouring down rain. We came through the front gate. The guard waved us through. There's an overhang so you can pull the car under. He dropped me off and and I got out. And when I turned around, I saw the pastor coming in in his car. So I waited. So when the pastor and his wife got there, you know, we had our greetings. We're getting to the the elevator, and the Lord says to me, ask of me a sign. And I'm thinking, a sign? What do you call this? <laughs> so I'm thinking, and the only thing I'm thinking, make it hard for God and easy for you, which is you're ridiculous. But <laughs> I, I, told, God. I told the pastor, this is what the Lord challenged me. And he said, well, what are you going to ask? And I said, I said, Lord, I'm asking that Jesus in in physical form will come into the meeting tonight and every eye will see him. And they went, yes, amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went in, we went up to the fourth floor, worship's over. I'm up introduced and I'm up starting to teach. And I remember seeing the elder walk in with this elderly looking man with glasses, kind of stooped over wearing a red shirt. And I sat down way over there. Well, here's the backstory to that. The elder was still at the gate shack you know, the guardhouse. When this older man came stumbling up, he was barely able to move. And and he said, may I come in? And the elder was moved with compassion. He said, well, absolutely. Here, let me help you. He got the umbrella out and walked into the entrance. And he thought, this man's in a bad way. We we might have to call an ambulance. And and he, he said, uh, look, I'll take you up to the third floor. Maybe we can find something dry for you to wear and get you out of that wet, wet clothes. He didn't even have a jacket. So they went up to the floor and in the elevator, and as they're going up, the elder says, you just go into the, uh, here's the men's room as they came out. You go into the first stall, I'll be right back. And the, the old man said, no, that, that stall is dirty. And he didn't think anything of that. I was like, what? So he said, well, you go in there and take off that wet stuff. I'll go find something. So he runs back to the office, and there's the coffee pot. He said, well, he's probably cold. I'll get him a nice hot cup of coffee. And he rummaged around, found a black T-shirt, no pants. So he comes back in, and. He, he offered the man co- hot coffee. He says, no, thank you. I don't drink coffee. And so he's looking for a place. He went to the first stall to dump it out. And he looked and went, ooh, this thing's filthy. How did he know? Then he offers him this black T-shirt. And he said, no, thank you. I don't wear black. Now, most of us at that point, we're here trying to help a guy. And he's dictating you know, our terms of surrender, right? <laughs> but, he, but he had a heart 
of servitude, compassion. So he said, okay, I'll be right back. He ran back into the office, rummaged around, found a red T-shirt and a bottle of water. He came back in, and when he walked in, this man had taken off his shirt. And when he looked, he was flayed with an I mean, he looked like he'd come from the cat of nine tails. He was just brutalized. And he was, oh, he could, you know, oh, my God, we're going to have to call an ambulance. And he said, well, here's the T-shirt. And he grabbed it and said, I love red. Hmm. And he put it on. And he took the bottle of water and he's helping him into the uh, into the meeting. Now we're going to the elevator up one floor and he looks and he sees little pinpricks in his forehead where there had been blood and, and piercings. And he's like, what in the world? And he saw marks in his hands, but he didn't quite decipher that. So they come in and that's where I saw him sit down. So during the whole time I'm teaching, he would sit with his arms folded and his head down with his eyes closed like he was dozing. But every time that lightning would strike, he'd look up and said, he said to the elder, they're trying to get in, but they can't, can't get in here. And the elder's kind of moving away a little bit like, what? <laughs> and then he put his head back down and, and he kind of looked like he was dozing. But every time I talked about the blood of Jesus or the name of Jesus, he'd look up and said, did somebody call me? And the elder said, no, nobody's <laughs> Afterwards, the, the pastor of the church said, you put Jesus to sleep with your message. I said, no, no, no. Jesus was at rest because he trusted me. He would have been awake for you. But anyway, so just our banter. So at the end, the pastor sent over the, the elder that had brought me, the medical doctor, said, go assess what this man needs so we can pray for him because we prayed for everybody else. So he went over and, and the doctor wanted to call an aid car. He's like, oh, my goodness. And this man absolutely refused. So the pastor walks over and says, sir, let me bring you to the front so we can pray for you. So they're walking up there, and he, this guy's hunched over, can hardly move. And the pastor was just in his spirit. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and be healed. And the man stood up and smiled. And the pastor said, are you a Christian? He said, no, no, I'm not a Christian. <laughs> well, he brought him forward. I thank God to this day. I don't remember what we prayed because <laughs> But then at the end, the elder, the elder that had brought him, he said, well, Pastor, what do we do with this gentleman? He said, well, here, here's some money. Ring it so that he can get a taxi. And, get, and the, the old man said, no, I don't, I don't need money. This lady from the back hadn't heard this conversation. came out. She had a huge, she was going to give him maybe a five or $600. He said, no, I don't need your money. And he reached into his pocket and pulled out dry now $2,000 of freshly minted currency. What do we do? Well, uh, take him down to the gate where there's a phone. You can call him a taxi and he can go wherever we want. So that's what the elder did. We got in the car. We, you know, we went down, got in the car and drove off to the hotel to share a meal and fellowship. And on the way home, the pastor remembered what the Lord had challenged me with. He said, wait a minute, Lord, this is what you said. And you never showed up. And the Lord said, oh, but I did. And this man's face flashed in front of his eyes. He slammed on the brakes, pulled to the side of the road, called the elder, said, Quickly, where is that guy? He said, well, Pastor, I, I didn't know what to tell you. He said, when we got him to the gatehouse and we were dialing the phone, now he's in the gate shack with us. I, hand, I went to hand him the phone and he vanished in front of our eyes. Wow. <laughs> and so, so the pastor went, what? And he, stopped, he drove around for two hours looking for him. <laughs> I just laughed and said, I said, you got a nice car, but it doesn't get that kind of mileage. <laughs> So the next day, he's telling me this story at breakfast. He was so excited to come and tell me. 
And when he's telling me this story, I heard the Lord laugh at me. Mm. And immediately I understood and said, Lord, that is not funny. <laughs> he gave me exactly what I asked. Yes, Lord, let you, I'm asking that you show up and everybody sees you. But I didn't say and recognizes you. Mm -hmm. So he was wearing glasses. He was in, you know, like Clark Kent in disguise. <laughs> and so burst within my heart from that day on was this secret desire. Every meeting I go to, I would pray, Lord, may I just introduce you here mm -hmm. so that you come in resurrected bodily form and minister. I never said a word to my wife about that, but about a year later, she had a dream. And in the dream, we're somewhere ministering. And she said, you went up on the platform after they introduced you. You stood up there for a minute. You closed your Bible, said, I have nothing to say, but Jesus wants to minister to you. And she said, you got down off the platform and went to the back. And now, like a good wife, she's going, oh, my God, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And all of a sudden, something began to happen on the platform, and Jesus stepped through the veil. Mm. And she said it was the most amazing experience I'd ever, even in a dream, he was the most beautiful being she'd ever seen. He came down and ministered to all the people. So she finally tells me this. And I started by saying, what did the platform look like? And I went, no, stop. Don't tell me that. I don't want to be thinking this. I'm not going to try and make this happen. Mm -hmm. I said, but then I told her what my secret heart's desire and cry had been up since that day forward. She said, well, it's going to happen. She, she sees a lot through dreams. So we've lived with that expectation everywhere we go. This is, is this it, Lord? Is this it? And I'm just waiting for his nod. But in the interim, I've seen him come in. I'm the only one that sees him. And he's told me a number of times don't you pray for people. Just tell them I'm here. And he shows me, I see where he's standing. Tell them where I'm at. Have them line up. I want to minister to my people. Mm. We have seen miracles of healing, deliverance. Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, instant weight loss. Everything is Jesus touches them or hugs them. or It's been absolutely astonishing. But the hour is coming, and it's already been happening in a couple places. I've heard testimonies where physically, resurrected bodily form, he stepped into the meeting now and ministered to the people. Wow. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. It's about us being in such relationship with him that we're working in concert with him, that, that mm -hmm. everything that we do is connected to him and, and how, how he must be, how shall I say it? He's patient, but how he must get tired of waiting for people to wake up and, and get into relationship but at the same time, he's excited that people are waking up and, yeah, and getting into relationship. Very much. So many people have said, well, why did you go to the back? Why would you go to the back? I said, isn't that obvious? I don't want my flesh getting in the way of God's spirit. Beautiful. And it's not about you looking at me. and No. And there's been literally, because of things like this, there's times when God begins to move. I leave the room. Because people always have a tendency to look at the man that brought the message. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And when he sovereignly begins to move, I leave. Not all the time, but there's times I do because I know the, the caliber of people, the, the, the maturity level. Mm -hmm. And they're all, why did you leave? Because you're to focus on him, not me. I didn't do this. Beautiful. And that's, we've got to have a heart to put Jesus in the preeminent position, not us. Amen. Yeah. And Amen. That's, that's key to walking in the supernatural. Absolutely. Uh, humility and 
the character of Christ, you know, that letting letting the Holy Spirit fruit have his way in us, in our character, that it's, that, that it's not just that we're holy on, on Sunday or whatever days we go to church, but that we're that this is our character that's been worked in us by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's yes. the character of Jesus. Yes, yes Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the earliest prayers I ever prayed is what John the Baptist prayed. He must increase and I must decrease. Beautiful. That's been my life journey. Amen. So what would you say to people that are thinking, you know, I, I think I'd like to come to that school. Well, don't think, pray. There you go. <laughs> and if you hear from God, come. If you don't hear from God, don't come. It's not quite yet your time. Beautiful. But... Uh, uh, be encouraged. We're in a time and a season, a Kairos moment where God's unveiling the powers of the age to come, true kingdom life to individuals all over the world. And we're all going to have a different part. Mm-hmm. Some will walk in this translation, not all. Some are going to walk in other extraordinary manifestations of the spirit, but just hear from God for your life. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I had an experience years ago in Argentina where the Lord uh, showed me a vision of an atomic mushroom cloud. Mm. And he spoke to me that there was a time coming. Uh, and and if you, if you uh, read the, uh, the stories of what happened at Hiroshima and Nagasaki, that, that there were people that were, that were completely vaporized and all that was left of them was their shadow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I felt like the Lord was saying that that those who want to be, those who want to have things in the status quo, those who who want life to be predictable, and just live in the natural and live in the world, uh, even if they're believers, that that they're going to be vaporized, so to speak. Yeah. So to speak, not necessarily literally, but so to speak. And then those that that will believe God for the miraculous will be like that pillar that the pillar of cloud that goes up, and then the mushroom top will be those that are willing to receive and be used in His greater works. The thing that that we'll see miracles that weren't even recorded in the Bible. Things that are th- things that are like the the parting of the Red Sea, but not not that. The things that are greater than that. And and yeah. things that are just beyond what we can ask or think, beyond what we can imagine, beyond yeah. what, like Paul saying um, in in First Corinthians two, where he's quoting Isaiah sixty four, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered in the heart of the man heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the mm-hmm. Spirit searches out all things, yea, the deep things of God. And yeah. God, we're we're just we're just dabbling around in the shallows of the deep things of God. <laughs> God is so much deeper than we can even imagine. He's so vast. And and he wants us to keep growing, keep going and keep growing so that we will be ready to be used as he pours out his spirit on all flesh. This is coming. It's beginning, but it's coming on all flesh. And he needs us to be ready for that. Very much. He gave me a picture once of uh, the shallows and the deep. Mm. You know, if you don't know how to swim, you only wade maybe up to your waist a little bit. Some have enough to go up to their chest. But 
if you really want to go into the deep things of God, you got to get away from the shoreline where you're just getting the mist off the ocean. Mm -hmm. That's most of Christianity. And then you have to get to the place of courage or relationship, or even if you don't know how to swim, the worst the world can do is threaten you with heaven. You dive into the deep Mm -hmm. and you do die, but then you come alive in Christ. You come alive to the mysteries of the kingdom. I don't mean physical death. I mean, you've, you've died to that fear and you've entered into the promise. Yes. And so I've always been one to jump in the deep end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where God wants to take us. And and we want to encourage our listeners to come and join us and yes. and see yeah. what God has for you. But for for the listeners that that are interested but there's no way that they can come to this school to join us in March. You have an online school. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that one was recorded in the Philippines, where uh, actually that was the first time we had Gordana uh, share that. I, I tell Michael jokingly, I said, you know, now I know who the A-team is, Gordana. You're just kind of like the B-team over here. She has translocation experiences consistently all the time. So that was recorded there. We we taught that, and then we put it up online. So it's at translationbyfaith.com for anybody that can't make it in person. And uh, powerful testimonies of people having encounters and relocations or all sorts of too many to to enumerate anymore. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we're enjoying that ourselves and uh, looking forward to having you with us in March, March 20th to 25th, 2022. And we encourage our listeners to tune in, go out to Dr. Allen's website, stillwatersinternationalmissions.com, and get his books. And there's some things out there on YouTube uh, that, that you've done that other people have posted. And, and you've, you've been posting some fireside chats with Michael Van Vlyman. Um, uh, yeah, we, we got to pick that baton back up. We both got really busy, but yeah, we do that all the time. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's great. So there's, there's a lot of good material out there to help you grow you listener you need to get a hold of the the resources that are available to you and keep going and keep growing yes dr allen would you pray for everyone before we close this podcast absolutely father thank you for these listeners i pray that you would increase in them so that you can be released and increase through them I thank you, Lord, for your hand of mercy and the grace in this hour for us to walk into the deeper mysteries of the kingdom of God. Bless them as they move forward from this moment and build within them a greater passion, desire, and hunger for who you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.